Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. about this week is um, I ran across this statistic. Men, fathers, dads, grandfathers, even you single mothers out there, you need to hear me. What I want you to do is this. I want you to ponder this, if you will. Uh, ran across a statistic last night, as a matter of fact. Every year in the United States, roughly 200,000 women and, well, let's put it this way, girls and women disappear, vanish. Not alien invasion, and very rarely are they seen alive again. Men, you gotta listen to me now. Grandfathers, you gotta listen to me now. Single moms, you're raising daughters, you gotta listen to me now. It is incumbent upon you to teach your women and your girls how to shoot and shoot effectively I as a father of one child and I mean she's an adult now but when she was a kid she knew what I did for a living and she knew that I'd come home sometimes with some bumps scrapes and bruises and I decided a long time ago that she needs to learn how to shoot. So, even though I was divorced from her mother, I went to her mother and said, look, this is what I want to do. Do you have a problem with this? And she said, no, not at all. And so, started taking her to the range. Started teaching her how to shoot. And then I thought, you know what? That's not enough for survival. See, in this country, between the groomers and all the other sick fucks out there, your children need to learn to defend themselves as best they can. Now, You may or may not have a boy in your family who doesn't like physical contact and he's been raised that way because the schools, the public schools out there have said, oh, you must be in touch with your emotions. You must be sensitive to the needs of others. Well, what about your, their need to survive? A bad situation. 
So, I taught my daughter how to shoot. Right, for those of you, and for those of you that follow me on social media, which is the toilet of the internet, but there doesn't seem to get the word out about my show any other way, is this. Well, I've, I've posted pictures of her at the range, so you know I'm not BSing you. After I taught her how to shoot, I said, you need to know how to fight. She didn't like it at first, but I showed her some simple things. And as a father, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I can't teach her enough. I can't show her enough. I can't train her enough. Every parent goes through it. Unless, of course, you have liberal parents who would rather you be a victim than anything else. Because being a victim makes it easy to blame others. No. One of the things, I, and this is a true story, one of the things I taught her was walking up to somebody and just backhanding them right on the neck here and I said look if you hit them there hard enough like an attention getter instead of trying to take their head off I mean you could do that if you're fighting for your life I told her but the thing of it is this all your nerves run right through here from your brain down to the rest of your body and they're very because it's the neck the nerve bundles are very close to the surface. You crack it, guess what? You're going to drop them like that. Well, apparently some boy at school, this is, I think she was in fifth, sixth grade maybe? Some boy was giving her a hassle in the hallway. Oh yeah, she did it. She walked up to him, and she was walking by him and cracked him. Dropped him. He'd never mess with her again. But I did get a call, and I said, okay, I, and I explained to them what, this, what, what I had taught her and whatnot. They understood. They said, you, you can't have her do that. I said, well, I understand, and I, and I will explain to her there are proper times you need to do that. And walking by the uh, antagonizer, and cracking them in the hallway probably isn't the best thing to do, but I understood it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to teach her timing, proper situations in which to do so. I also enrolled her in a Krav Maga class. Now, I personally like Akido. I don't care. I don't care what or how you teach your child to fight. I don't care if you sign up for jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Aikido, karate, judo, taekwondo. I don't care. Get them enrolled in something that will help them to survive. Because one thing pedophiles and the sick fucks out there don't want is to have to fight a child, especially one that isn't afraid and is confident enough to employ what they have learned. 
that is how important this is in this day and age. There are a lot of sickos out there. There are. And you know it. I'm not I'm preaching to the choir. You know this. I really can't stress enough. Not only this, but what they learn now as children and teenagers, they will take with them to adulthood. Now, I want you to understand something here. When and if they ever have to get an order of protection from the courts, remember something. It is a piece of paper. See? Paper. Paper. It's not going to stop a punch, a slap, a kick, a stick, a, um, you know, a rock, a brick, a slap, a kick, whatever. A bullet. It is a piece of paper. You must teach your children, especially the girls now. Now, one thing I have told the many boys, now nah, let me take that back. She's been pretty good about it. The boys that she has dated, she's brought them home to meet dad because that is rule one. And yes, I put them through the ringer. And I tell them this before they leave the house. I tell them, and I quote, you can argue with my daughter, you can have disagreements with her, but you cannot physically attack her. If you do, then I will hunt you down and I will deal with you. And God help you, may the Lord protect your soul, because your ass is mine. If you do anything to hurt her physically, Emotionally, she can heal from. We've all been through heartbreak. But if she ends up being physically attacked and injured permanently, I will hunt down whatever you love the best, and I will kill it. And bear in mind, wherever she goes, she gives me the address. So I know where you sleep at night. And I said, I am not being funny. I am telling you the truth. I will hunt down what you love the best, and I will kill it. I said, I'm an old man. I've lived my life. I don't give a damn if I spend the rest of my time in prison. So what? Now, here's another statistic. Why you need to teach your girls and the women in your life how to defend themselves. There, we are living in a country of almost 320 million people. There's only about 650,000 to 700,000 police officers in the country. Can't be everywhere at once. You got to be responsible for your own safety. Now here in Chicago, on, I believe it's on the red line, the CTA red line, a bunch of punks decided 
to try and rob a guy. What they did not know, and this is true, my friends, just happened last week. They pulled a knife on him. He said, hold on to that thought. I'll be right with you. He whips out his knife, and they have a knife fight. Well, he sent three to the hospital. Now, he got hit a few times. All of them survived. My point is that all these dirtbags out there want nothing better, nothing better than to have a willing victim, which is what they want you to be in the Democrat-run cities. Oh, let the police handle it. The police have enough to do. Hell, they're so overwhelmed, and the Chicago PD is so overwhelmed with murder investigations, they can't keep up. A nice byproduct of defund the police and putting handcuffs on the police so they can't go out their job. Now look, when I was working the streets, I was a firm believer in street justice. And if they had made it legal, I probably would have employed it many, many times. However, if by some chance I got there and the aggressor got his ass whipped, I just took the report, aren't you going to arrest him? Nope. Self-defense, have a nice day. I'm not going to arrest him. I got a better idea. Leave him alone. Don't attack him. Don't do any of that. But that's, that's just me. Now my daughter, who has a wicked sense of humor, very dry sometimes, gets it from me and some from her mother. Now, when I told her, I said, honey, I understand he was harassing you. And those are just words. You can't go physically attacking somebody because they use words. I said, you're not a liberal. Your mother and I have not raised you that way. And she just said, well, I didn't know what else to do, Dad. I said, you know what? You're right. So what else I taught her was verbal judo. It's a great book. It's about that thick. It's so good that... It kept me out of federal court many times if you learn how to use your words. Now, case in point, true story again. Got a call to a bar, and it's one of our usual dirtbags. He got out of jail, apparently, didn't know it, sitting at the bar getting drunk, pissing everybody off, or all around him. Bar, uh, bartender says, look, you, you need to leave. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Well, then I have to call the police and get you removed. Fuck them. I'm not going to. Okay, fine. Whatever. I get there. I said, when did you get out of jail? I got out a few days ago. Good. Well, they don't want you here anymore. They want you to leave. You got to leave. They don't want you here. This is a bar packed full of people. Men, women. It's a neighborhood bar. Everybody knows this guy. And, um... Of course, after I tell him, you got to leave because the bartender doesn't want you here anymore. They want you off property. I said, you're, you're right in the Chain of Lakes area. There's probably a bar you could walk to go to another one. No, fuck you. I'm not going. You can't make Oh, okay. I can't make it. 
Now this is where verbal judo comes in. I tell them, look, if you don't leave, I got to take you to jail. You're going to get a hard crunchy towel and a crappy mattress that's been slept on by 1,500 other people before you got it. If you leave now, I don't have to take you to jail, you, and you're free. You get to sleep in your truck, in your tent, in your house, your shack, I don't care. Fuck you, you can't make me, you can't, I'm going to whip your ass. Oh, really? Okay. So now this is where tactics, verbal judo tactics come in. I say this loud enough so everybody in the bar can hear it. Because what I'm going, what I'm fixing to do, is engage physically. But I want to have plenty of witnesses around who said I heard the deputy say this. So I asked, so I said, look, I'm only going to ask you one more time. Would you just leave? They don't want you here. And then okay, he did one of these things. You can't make me. You can't make me leave. As he went there, grabbed his wrist, whoop, off the bar stool, onto the floor, and wrapped him, cuffed him, and stuffed him. Off to the Gray Bar Hotel where he has a standing reservation. Let, called radio, said, I'm 1101 with one to Waukegan. Anymore. <laughs> so my partner says, hey, do you need me up there? I said, no, I got it. He's stuffed and cuffed. We can go. <coughs> the point is this. He did file a complaint for police brutality, and they investigated it as they should. The administration went out, talked to the bartender. Bartender said, these people who are here now, they were here when it happened. So they talked to those people, and they all said the same thing. The deputy asked him a couple times, explained to him, gave him every chance in the world to leave, and he wouldn't do it, da 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 da, da. Let me tell you something. It's rare, <laughs> it, ha it does happen, when you're in a bar and you cuff and stuff somebody, and everybody else in the bar starts applauding you. You know, you want to take around, take a bow, thank you, thank you. I'll be here if you need me again told the bartender, I said, do you want him here ever again? And the bartender says, no. He's banned. I don't want him here. I said, you are now banned. Do not come back here under any circumstances. There are plenty of bars for you to go, and I will be there if you act out. But this is what verbal judo does. For example, and this is what I taught my daughter, and that is this. When you're walking down the hallway, now, 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 I'm going to say something. For you listeners who went to the public schools in the 70s and 80s, it was no big deal if you're walking down the hallway and says, Hey, Jeffers, you big fag. It's like you just laugh, wave, and keep on going. Or, you know, when they, when they said it to me, You're a big gay boy, Jeffers, you fag. I sit there and laugh and say all I can get and keep laughing and walking. And nothing ever happened about it. Why? Because emotionally we were tougher then. Well, to, if that was happened today, we'd have kids crying in the hallway. <laughs> My feelings are so hurt. I'm so traumatized. Not back then. But, so 
my daughter went to school in the 90s and the early 2000s. And I taught her. I said, if somebody walks up and says something to you, laugh, wave, and keep going. Or you might be able to say, I appreciate that. Notice what I said. I said, appreciate. There's no such word as appreciate. There is a word, appreciate. You follow me. Part of verbal judo is when people sit there and say something just to get your goat or piss you off, just say, ah, appreciate it, and keep going. Laugh, keep going, whatever. That is verbal judo. I encourage you, there's a book by, and this guy, he was a former copper, good guy. Um, we like verbal judo so much in my department, we had formal eight-hour classes on it because it was so important. God help, I don't know, you know, I, you know, when I retired from the sheriff's office, I got a chance to meet my replacement. He's still out there doing a good job as far as I've heard. But this generation that's going to grow up and come, you know, decide to go into law enforcement, God love them, what are they going to do? I've been called every name in the book. I've even been attacked. You I, and I and I'm saying I'm thinking to myself as I'm talking to you now, thinking under what are they going to do? Get their feelings hurt? I have to call for a supervisor. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hurt. I, I I can't I can't perform. No. And we circle back to my the beginning is this. This is why you have to teach your girls now, your teenage girls now, and for the women, for you parents out there, grandparents, you must teach them. You gotta teach them how to defend themselves. You gotta teach them how to defend themselves emotionally with verbal judo. And you need to teach them the, well, the art of deadly force when to use it, when not to use it. They've got to be trained if they're going to survive. 200,000. So in five years, that's a million women that have disappeared in this country without a trace, never to be heard from again. Very few are even found alive. This is important, and you won't hear about it. I know this is not something you wanted to hear from me, but it's something that needs to be said. Something needs to be talked about. If you're, if there's a grid down situation, you're a prepper. Shouldn't your family, every member of the family, be able to defend themselves? Whether it's through the use of martial arts, or as we would call it, hand-to-hand um, -hand combat. Isn't it worth them knowing how to shoot a weapon, how to use it? The kid over in uh, in uh, Indiana, 40 yards, hit 8 out of 10 times on an active shooter. His grandfather taught him how to shoot. His grandfather saw to it that this is an important skill that needs to be learned. And it saved the young man's life. What if he'd never had that training? 
or never been exposed to it, what then could have happened to them? Case in point, boys and girls. All right. Um, you know, we're going to take a quick break here. You know, one of the things that, as you know, I prefer the 70s music. That's the stuff I grew up with as, a, as shall we say, a preteen and in my teen years, and then came the 80s, and I like the 80s music. I don't know what the hell passes for music. Well, they pass for music today. It's garbage. I can't stand it. So, with that said, my friends, um, I tell you, I what I want to do is the Allman Brothers band. Now we all know about Greg Allman, but the Allman Brothers in the early '70s was phenomenal. They really were. So, if you would. You want to take a break here because I have the next thing we're going to talk about is for some preppers. So, with that said, um, this is Melissa from the Almond Brothers Band. So, it's one of my favorites. I would like to share it with you.
Allman Brothers. You know, Dwayne Allman, the uh, Allman brother who was killed in the motorcycle crash, is considered one of the best guitarists ever. He's that good. Um, unfortunately, he was, you know, getting hit by, you know, get the crash going on the motorcycle. Eh. But anyways, big fan of Southern Rock in the 70s and the 80s. Loved it. Still do. Wanted to share it with you. All right. What do we... All right. This is something else I want to talk to you, preppers out. And this is a philosophical question. And we all need to understand this and where we draw our own lines. I can't tell you what's right. I can't tell you what's wrong because I ain't you. And you ain't me. You know, that might make a pretty good song lyric sometime. Anyway, uh, one of the things uh, from Prep School Daily, great article, and he asked some very good questions. And before we get started with that, I posted uh, the other day, it's called a learning video. It's about eight minutes long. And what it is it's an actual deadly force incident? If you ever wanted to see what the shootout at the OK Corral probably looked like, because the distance at which this gunfight takes place is about the same. But I asked some interesting questions with it. For example, if you know, is situational awareness present? What about the tactics? What about his responses? What about the after shooting? Does he have the presence of mind? All right, and it's it's important you watch it. It's not there just be, you know for gratuitous violence. It's there so we can learn something from it. I encourage you to watch it. Uh. So for preppers, the philosophical question is this. Where does my responsibility begin and end? It's a good, good article. Let's see. I want to, be, I want to give proper credit. You know me. I like to give credit where credit's due, and unfortunately I can't. Because no one took credit for it. I can tell you it's at Prep School Daily. So, I have pondered this question for many years. And I still don't understand the mindset of people who delude themselves into thinking they don't need to prepare because others will be willing to share or forced to share if necessary. I don't understand those who prioritize material items over caring for their families. And I don't understand those who say they can't afford it when by all appearances... They can. I understand money is tight. Been there, done that. We all have. But you do what you have to do to prepare. And I just don't understand those who say they'll be coming to my house when they can't feed themselves and their children. And I also don't understand those who do prepare but say they'll be happy to share with all who need it. Does that mean in the mood for a big rainbow? Maybe I haven't achieved the level of Christ-like compassion that they have. By the way, some people say, John, are you a Christian? 
Yes. I am, however, a militant Christian. You know, God creates some people for combat, others not. God creates some people who have, you know what, I'll get into a fight, win or lose, I'm fighting. And, I, and I've done it. Now my mind tells me, boy, you can get into any fight, you're going to do fine. My body under their hands saying, uh, maybe not so much. But anyways, so yes. Now I know I have so many faults and sins to overcome, and I'm working on it. But in the meantime, I take the words of the Apostle Paul to heart. And that is, this is 1 Timothy 5.8. Listen up, my guys and my gals, my good friends, my intelligentsia. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. My first responsibility is to my family. If I have surplus food and supplies, what is my responsibility to those who come begging? This is age-old question for preppers. Where does my responsibility begin and end? Of course, these questions are not directed to you, and if you are thinking about prepping, these are directed to you, not to shame you but to motivate you to go and get it done. So give or take a couple of tenths, 99.8% of my listeners. Well, a lot of you don't know me. In real life, you don't. So, I would rather to those who tell us they're coming to our house for food and I want you to think about this now these aren't these aren't well organized thoughts just bear with me on this but they represent what I think when I hear people say they don't prepare or that they're going to share with everybody if you have an outlook or observation that could persuade me of the error of my thinking please email me contraradio at live.com <clears throat> am I supposed to just somehow know that you'll be coming and that I am to prepare for you? Am I supposed to feed you like a king? Am I supposed to feed you what you're accustomed to eating? Am I supposed to cook and clean for you? Am I supposed to give you the good stuff? Am I supposed to feed you like I feed the rest of my family? How many of you are there? Am I supposed to do it all if 5, 10, 20, or 100 extra people show up. Oh, wait. You're willing to help. Well, forget it then. That makes all the difference in the world. Well then, and am I supposed to trust that you can help? To trust that you know your way around a kitchen? That you understand proper hygiene enough that you won't make others sick? Am I not supposed to feed you food that is out of date? Am I supposed to feed you the number of calories you want? Am I supposed to feed you the treats you want? Am I supposed to come up with something else if you don't like what I made? Am I supposed to modify my storage to make sure that my food is gluten-free, lactose-free, or nut allergy-free, vegetarian, vegan? Am I supposed to feed you for nothing when there's a boatload of work to do around here? 
Am I supposed to believe that you can be oh so helpful in a garden that you have never raised a potato? Am I supposed to feed you what you want even though you are overweight? Am I supposed to give you very valuable oil for your baking when being to do it all for you? Am I obligated at all to you? get the undesirable stuff. Pickled pig's feet. Canned salmon with bones that I haven't thrown away yet. Cat food. Well, not really cat food. I gotta feed my cat. You, on the other hand, didn't have the intelligence to prepare yourself for your family. You have already branded yourself as severe. My kitchen is not safe for anyone with nut or milk allergies. Home canned fruits were cut up using a cutting board that I normally oil with oil. Just blew out the jar without washing and then putting something else in it. You get stuff with the weevils or other bugs. You'll be happy to take free stuff, whatever comes with no strings attached. That would be whatever the mice chewed on. Oh, and there isn't actually any of that. We store everything very well so that mice don't get in it before the cat gets to them. I got a cat. I love my cat. And he is a hunter. By the way, the beauty of cats, they've never lost the instinct to hunt or kill. They've never lost it. It's bred into them. They just know. You're going to get the rancid stuff. Sometimes nuts go rancid. Haven't figured out a use for those yet. I've got 10-year-old rancid vegetable oil. But that still has value for oil lamps. So I'm keeping it. Rancid flour... It's happened once. It gets made into dog food. You might get mixes I didn't like enough to ever make. Like the stuff that my wife might bring home from the store that I never used. Some people might offer you home canned foods. They'll probably be really old. How safe were their home canning practices? Some may offer other stuff that was stored for years in a hot garage. It's not going to be tasty. You might be offered foods that you can't cook with because you never learned to cook. Sorry, but in our new normal, cooking and baking take a lot of time and a lot of fuel. I don't, I don't have extra time to make food for you. I don't have extra fuel to cook it for you. Oh, you wanted the good stuff? Eh, way wrong answer. Sorry. Now my children learned how to cook as, and they still work now and they know how to work 
They need the good stuff to keep their morale up as they work with people who refuse to prepare. I don't want them sacrificing their health for your irrational desires that weren't important enough to prep for. Oh, you look like you could shed a few pounds, maybe 500 calories per day for you. Yes, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of work to do on property. You can bust your butt all day and, and earn 2,500 calories in food. Yeah, that will feed you, not your family. If they want food, they have to bust their ass as well. And actually, all will be fed in accordance with how they work. Lazy, spoiled American, no food, lots of children, sorry. If you're young enough to forget you and be trained well, I'll take them in. On the condition that you leave and never return. Guess you should have prepared better. If your children are old enough to remember you, you sure as heck better teach them to work hard and well darn quick so they can get enough to eat. Now that's not a pretty picture, is it? But don't make my family out to be unkind or mean for not sharing our food. You, you were the one who neglected your family and refused to prepare. And if you didn't care enough about them to prepare for them, why should I? Well, why should I? Yeah, why should I care? All right, uh, let me take another quick break here. You know what, I tell you, I, I told you I like the 70s music. So here's one from the 70s. If you are around then you knew about this one, my friends.
Some hated it. I dig the guitar work on it. Anyways, all right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm going to give you 14 signs that the U.S. economy is poised to crash really hard. Probably in the next six months. Now, where do I start? Uh, how do I say that? You know, small businesses are starting to fail all over the country. A housing crash of potentially epic proportions has started. Layoffs are on the rise from coast to coast, and economic activity is really slowing down all around us. So if you think that things are bad now, just wait. It'll soon be a whole lot more pain coming down the tubes. Now here are the new numbers we've gotten. <sighs> and it seems to confirm that a major economic slowdown is upon us. We're going to find out tomorrow when they release the GDP numbers. That's why you hear the Biden administration is moving the goalposts, changing the definition of what a recession is. You can change the definition of what a recession is. It doesn't mean it isn't going to happen. That just means you're putting your head in the sand and living on planet whatever because you ain't the rest on it with us. So, now one survey, number one, one survey has released uh, discovered that 35% of all small business owners in the U.S. could not pay their rent in full or on time in June. That was last month. Number two, the different survey found that 51% of all small businesses owners in the U.S. believe that rising prices could force them to close their businesses within the next six months. Number three, it is reported that 45% of all small businesses in the U.S 
have already decided to freeze the hiring of new workers. That is too stupid. I can't stand it. No, not that. There's something else that popped up on the screen. Number four, sales of previously owned homes dropped 5.4% during the month of June. This is now the fifth month in a row we have seen a decline. Number five, in three-fourths of the metro areas that Redfin tracks, at least 25% of home sellers reduced their asking price during the month of June. Number six, now this is... Blackstone has prepared a war chest of $50 billion so they can scoop up depressed real estate all over the country after housing prices have crashed in the months ahead. The number of Americans, number seven, the number of Americans applying for jobless benefits has risen to the highest level in eight months. Number eight, employment postings for software development jobs have dropped off by more than 12% during the past four weeks. Number nine, the conference board's index of leading economic indicators has now fallen for four months in a row. Come tomorrow, it'll be five, I guarantee it. Number 10, the S&P Global Flash, which is the U.S. PMI Composite Output Index, just went negative for the very first time since the last recession. Number 11, the latest number for the Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index came in at minus a negative 12.3 and that was much worse than what most experts were anticipating. Any reading below zero indicates contraction. It needs to say at 12, at 12 point, negative 12.3 that's way below zero. Number 12, inflation continues to rage out of control even as economic activity in the U.S. significantly slows down. If you can believe it the average price of a used vehicle in the United States has now risen to a whopping $33,341. Number 13, the Atlanta Fed is now projecting that U.S. economic growth for the second quarter will come in at negative 1.6%. If it is ultimately confirmed that the U.S. economy has already been contracting for two quarters in a row, that would mean that we are officially in a recession right now. Again, tomorrow you'll see it. You'll probably see the, the uh, market tank. And I'm sure you're going to see some leaks coming out. What time is it? Oh, yeah, right about now. In the afternoon session today, you're going to start seeing thing, the market start to tank. Let the market tank. Don't buy in just yet. There'll be a time to buy. Now is not it. All right, but anyways, that's another story. We're going to keep going here. Now, number 14, thanks in part to the rapidly taking economy, Joe Biden's approval rate has plunged all the way down to 31%. I bet you we can get it lower. If, they, if the damn polls would stop calling the Democrats, just call the independents and just make ra truly random call. But they don't do that. All right, so at this point, even the tech giants are extremely concerned about what is coming. For years, nothing could seem to quash the relentless optimism of the big tech companies, and their stocks soared absolutely to absurd heights. But now, everything has changed as we head into the second half of the year. The following has come from the Washington Post. Big tech is bracing for an economic recession and an uncertain future. That, in turn, is triggering more economic angst. The biggest tech firms 
most of whom report quarterly earnings next week, have offered recent hints they are hungry down. News of layoffs and hiring slowdowns have become commonplace across Silicon Valley. Startups are saying capital is drying up. Workers are being put on notice that businesses are changing. I don't think I've ever seen such pessimism from Silicon Valley. And incredibly, even the Biden administration is admitting the economy is slowing down. But Janet, I live on another planet. Yellen insists that we're witnessing is quite appropriate for a healthy economy. What planet is she on? It might be fine on planet Yellen, for the rest of us on planet Earth, not so much. She is a complete bonehead. So Yellen acknowledged Sunday that the U.S. is experiencing an economic slowdown, but downplayed the potential for recession, arguing that the country is in a period of transition following rapid economic growth. The economy is slowing down, Yellen said. Really, Sherlock? Really, you think? And she said on NBC News, meet the press, adding that a correction is appropriate for a healthy economy. You can believe her if you want. But she also told us that inflation would be transitory, and we can all see how that prediction turned out. Now, even though we are still in the early stages of a new recession, lines are already getting really long at food banks all over the nation. The cost of living continues to soar to unprecedented heights, and this is hitting the poor harder than anyone. In the months ahead, we should expect to see a tsunami of layoffs, stunning declines in housing prices, hordes of small businesses going under, and a tremendous spike in the number of bankruptcies. Now, needless to say, all this will not be good for the financial markets either. The stage is clearly set for a historic economic meltdown that we've been telling you about for a while. And the pain that our society will experience will be extremely severe. Use the summer now to get prepared for difficult times that are ahead of us. The remainder of 2022 is not going to be pleasant. And 2023 is going to be even worse. And Michael is absolutely correct. He is absolutely correct. TikTok, boys and girls, I've told you about this all I can. All right. Uh, actually, the show went a lot longer than I wanted it to go. But it was important I could get the information out there. So, have an American day. Keep the faith, but not with, not, not, but not with your government. Government does words of wisdom. When those that make the law do not follow the law, then there is no law, only a fight for survival. Until next week, I'm John Jeffers here on the Jeffers Brief. Prepare today, live tomorrow. We'll see you next week unless something really big comes up and I don't see it happening. All right. Until next week, I'm John Jeffers here on the Jeffers Brief. Thanks for listening.